Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Can uh, Muslims have boyfriends or girlfriends? And or girlfriends. And or. Okay. <laughs> it depends on how you define a boyfriend and a girlfriend. You know, my mother is a girlfriend. My sister is a girlfriend because technically they come under the term female. If that's what you mean, then that, you know that's a self-fulfilling uh, question. But if the implication of a boyfriend and a girlfriend implies a lustful approach, then no, Islam does not encourage it unless under regulation. The Quran clearly promotes marriage. The Quran says, Quran says, marry your unmarried ones. So marriage and cohabitation and expression of love between the genders is encouraged in Islam. It's not a taboo. It's not a taboo to fall in love. It's not a taboo to want to marry. It's not a taboo to be a husband or to want to be a father or to indulge in sexual activities. Islam encourages that. But there's a regulation and a means and a, and a method to do so in order to ensure happiness and tranquility for the family and society at large. So Islam has regulations when it comes to such approach. And therefore you find that when uh, even a group of teenagers on opposite genders want to get together, it is not taboo for them uh, to have uh, boyfriends, quote-unquote, or girlfriends. But I will be very careful in how I define the terms. Based on Western standard boyfriend-girlfriend, categorically Islam forbids that. And in fact, if you go to the more conservative Judeo-Christian communities, you'll find the same principles are applied there. This easy access to the opposite gender or early dating is very corrosive in society. In fact, University of Georgia recently did a research notice, noting that tweens who are sixth grade, sixth graders, seventh graders, and so on, who start dating early, they found a direct correlation to their academic standards, meaning those who start dating early tend to score very poorly in academics because of the indulgence uh, in a very premature way. So early dating is discouraged scientifically as well as religiously. So we understand that. Uh, and Islam encourages that the idea of marriage should be placed in the mind of a child early enough, but they need to prepare for themselves so that when they are ready to take that um, uh, commitment of marriage and a relationship, that they are mature enough to be able to handle it. As we know, when a human being indulges, especially in intimate relationships, they tend to get scarred if they are not prepared to handle it. This is why we find drug abuse, we find suicide rates are very high in those communities because they're immature when they indulge in it. So wisdom dictates that prevention is better than cure and taking this carefully at the very start is the pragmatic approach. And Islam uh, vociferously holds this position. So in summary, having boyfriends and girlfriends from an Islamic point of view in a controlled environment with the intent of marriage is not forbidden. Any other way is just a game and it's experimental and it's dangerous and it's destructive without doubt.
And therefore you find that when uh, even a group of teenagers on opposite genders want to get together, it is not taboo for them uh, to have uh, boyfriends, quote-unquote, or girlfriends. But I will be very careful in how I define the terms. Based on Western standard boyfriend-girlfriend, categorically Islam forbids that. And in fact, if you go to the more conservative Judeo-Christian communities, you'll find the same principles are applied there. This easy access to the opposite gender or early dating is very corrosive in society. In fact, University of Georgia recently did a research notice, noting that tweens who are sixth grade, sixth graders, seventh graders, and so on, who start dating early, they found a direct correlation to their academic standards, meaning those who start dating early tend to score very poorly in academics because of the indulgence uh, in a very premature way. So early dating is discouraged scientifically as well as religiously. So we understand that. Uh, and Islam encourages that the idea of marriage should be placed in the mind of a child early enough, but they need to prepare for themselves so that when they are ready to take that um, uh, commitment of marriage and a relationship, that they are mature enough to be able to handle it. As we know, when a human being indulges, especially in intimate relationships, they tend to get scarred if they are not prepared to handle it. This is why we find drug abuse, we find suicide rates are very high in those communities because they're immature when they indulge in it. So wisdom dictates that prevention is better than cure and taking this carefully at the very start is the pragmatic approach. And Islam uh, vociferously holds this position. So in summary, having boyfriends and girlfriends from an Islamic point of view in a controlled environment with the intent of marriage is not forbidden. Any other way is just a game and it's experimental and it's dangerous and it's destructive without doubt.
Islam has a lot of regulations. Uh, some of them are dietary restrictions. Would you please explain some of those dietary restrictions? Regulations are a natural part of life. You notice that laws are made to ensure freedom. Laws are made to ensure progression. Laws are made to ensure that the society does not self-destruct. And what better law than divine law, which covers not only our practical applications day to day, but it fulfills the mission of our existence. And one of those laws that the Quran has established is the dietary rules, because we always say you are what you eat. And there's no question that if you ask any dietitian, anybody who understands the nature of food, that if you want to live a healthy life, make sure you selectively choose the kind of food that you should put in your body, because ultimately that will affect the longevity of one's um, existence. And the Quran not only addresses that part, but also is concerned about the happiness and uh, tranquility that we, can, we possess as a result of eating. So eating good food is a fundamental principle in Islam. Uh, halalan, we say rizqan tayyiba, meaning pure food, good food, chosen food, not anything that crawls and anything that can be uh, edible that should be put in one's mouth. And God warns us of such things. That there are certain poisons out there that creatures have been created simply to absorb the filth of society. And it would be foolish if we were to now imbibe and eat those kinds of creatures because then it would be double trouble. Hence pork, which is the flesh of swine, which has been systematically forbidden for all, of human, being, all human beings. Uh, if you look at the Abrahamic laws, uh, including the Old Testament and the New, you find that the consumption of the flesh of swine is forbidden. And Islam is very uh, strict about that. And uh, if you examine the collective nature of our appreciation for choosing the kind of food we eat, uh, we are its beneficiaries ultimately. And I think that's the beauty of a religion that goes to that level, not only telling me to be a good person and to promote good and forbid evil, but also shows me how to do it and how to be happy when I promote good and forbid evil. I think that's a complete system.
Jesus brought the dead back to life, what miracle did Muhammad, peace be upon him, have? Jesus, peace be upon him, brought the dead back to life. He carved out of clay shapes of birds. He cured the lepers. He cured the sick. He cured the blind. There were many miracles Jesus, peace be upon him, performed. And that's a sign of a prophet, a great prophet indeed. But we notice that all these miracles that have tremendous value are subject to the quality of time. So for example, if one was to say to me that Jesus cured the lepers and he cured the blind and he brought the dead back to life and some say he walked on water, those miracles are very dependent on being present during the miracle, which means that the miracle fades and dies over time because as the generations pass, it becomes more of a talk of the preceding generations about this event, which then becomes more of a belief system and not really uh, that which can hold you to task. The beauty of the Quran, which is the greatest miracle that was brought by the Holy Prophet, besides many miracles that he performed, from the point of view that one of the, as we know, besides the Quran, the messenger was taken to the furthest places uh, in the universe and brought back all within the flesh of an eye. And that's a great miracle according to the Quran. But let us talk about the power of miracles. It's logical and rational to understand that the power of miracles should grow in time, it should not die in time. So bringing the dead back to life, unless that matter is consistent, it doesn't make sense. But here's the, here's the catch-22. If miracles such as bringing the dead back to life happens all the time, it becomes normal to us and we, do no, we no longer call that a miracle. Like the birth of a child is a miracle, but we don't typically say it's a miracle because it's so prevalent in society. So then the power of miracle is that it must be very rare and unique. That's a, that's a condition of a miracle. And what we find is the Quran is indeed rare and unique. And the beauty of the Quran is that it's a miracle that grows in time for any human being today that reads it will be enlightened and guided, and, and, and guided towards uh, goodness. So, and the guidance of God is the greatest miracle. So our answer to such questions is that the greatest miracle that was brought was the Holy Prophet revealing the final revelation to mankind, which is a light and a guidance for all of humanity. Quran says, Inna hadal Qur'ana yahdi this Qur'an guides you to that which is most upright. What we revealed in the Qur'an for the believers is an, is an elixir. It is an intercession and a mercy for the believers. So to us, that is the greatest miracle and it stands its position in time.